Hello everyone, I'm Jinx Monsoon and welcome to Hi Jinx with me, Jinx Monsoon. Today my guest is my drag sister, my fellow competitor, competitors, my fellow competitors from season five of RuPaul's Drag Race, and she's my boss. <laughs> it's Alaska Thunderfuck today on Hijinks. We go down memory lane. We talk about her, uh, her varied list of accomplishments. We talk about drag. We talk about what's happening in the world. We talk about her recent charitable endeavors with her charity event, Drag is Good, that she held at Play Nashville in Tennessee. It's a really, really lovely conversation. It's a supersized episode. It's been in the making for years, baby. So buckle up, hunker down, and sink your teeth into some brand new hijinks. M. Oh. everyone, I'm Jinx Monsoon, and welcome to Hi Jinx, a podcast where I, an internationally tolerated drag superstar, get to interview compelling and fascinating people about how they became who they are and why they do what they do. Today, we are joined by artist, playwright, author, and my fellow drag sister, oh my gosh, Joseph, you're forgetting, um, a pop artist, a musician, singer, songwriter, actress, producer, pageant owner, uh, what am I, uh, a human being. Uh, that's debatable. Anyway, it's Alaska. Hi, Alaska. Hi, uh, I'm 40% podcast. <laughs> Where the fuck is 40% podcast? We're still on our hiatus. Listen, <laughs> you you produced the show and you didn't even say your one scripted line right. I didn't even give you the, I didn't give you the rundown. I give every guest I say. Oh, wait, um, I'm you supposed one to scripted say, line. Yeah. hi, Jinx. Hi, Al- <laughs> hi, Alaska. Hi, Jinx. <laughs> I'm 40% Listen, podcast. It's on the way. It's on the way. Okay. <laughs> Nick and I have been, um, I've been a little busy. I'm a not going to lie. A little but, bit. But um, we've got a plan in place and we are bringing it back. Um, we just got to get there. <laughs> no, you have other things to do. But um, we want to bring it back. And it's it's always exciting to me when people bring it up. Because when I first wanted to do that podcast, I... I think I pitched it everywhere as like, I know this podcast probably won't appeal to anyone. I was the worst at pitching that podcast. um, Hi, Alaska. Well, this feels like a long time coming. I know. Uh, We've been trying to do this forever. Uh. First and foremost, okay, so you are... An incredible drag queen. Like, that is objectively true. Okay. Uh, you, right. you know drag. You know your history. You appreciate 
drag as an art form. You are constantly referencing drag queens who came before you. You know the world of drag inside and out. And you choose in your, all of your work that you do is basically all centered around the art form of drag in one way or another. You're very much a drag queen's drag queen. Let's talk about that. <laughs> no, you're totally right. That's so true. Uh, um, yeah, no, it's true. Because drag is the only job that I've had for more than a year. <laughs> <laughs> I've done every other job I hear you talking about a lot of different jobs you've had in your lifetime. <laughs> a lot. You worked at a Wetzel's Pretzels? No, never a Wetzel's Pretzels. <laughs> I never did fast food. Oh, I didn't. I did coffee. Uh, we, I did a coffee. big chain or an indie uh, spot? Oh, indies. <laughs> indies only. I couldn't get hired by Starbucks. I was unhirable. I had like facial piercings and stuff. But no, I do. I love. Um, I do. I really do love drag. And I was listening to this podcast recently. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's called Hidden Brain. No. Um, but it's really good. And one of the topics was like having a like a a life's purpose. Mm. And so it's like it's sort of like the idea is like if you get the choice between a million dollars and having having a purpose, you should always choose the purpose because it will sort of perpetuate. So I'm yeah. like, so it got me asking myself, like, what is my life's purpose? And I think simply it is just to, like, do drag. Yeah. I think that's it. And I think when I get back to that as the sort of essence of what I'm doing, I think that's when I'm, like, happiest. And I think that's when I'm, like, enjoying it the most. You have found every which way to do just what you said. <laughs> In every different, like, facet and capacity, and we'll get there. But I want to start with, like, I constantly, I am, the way I reference you and our friendship and the years (laughs) in my personal life, in my professional life, on stage, off stage, you'd think I was Ginger Minj on All Stars (laughs) 2, sucking up to Katya. We're best friends. I love all of you. I love you. I love Katya. I love Ginger Minge. I love joking like that. Oh, I love it when we talk like this. But um, uh, but my years with you on the road before, you know, like, because when Dela was doing Drag Race herself and, you know, like that took two years. It took a year to film it. It took a year for it to like start airing and blah, 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 blah. You know, like I didn't always have, um, my today, you know, like hometown girl that I'm known for. I like, um, I really, really leaned on my friendship with you to get through the harder parts of tour life because you made it fun you made it like funny. You you always inspired me, and then we also were always in a bad mood at the same time because of some bullshit. So we were always on each other's side. 
You were my road dog. You were my road dog. Totally. <laughs> we were road dogs. We were road dogs. We were road I invited you to my house for dinner. <laughs> um, I just loved, I love that I had those years with you because touring the world with you just, and we were just monsters and we were just so, we were so, and then there were times we toured the world and we were both not drinking and we weren't monsters. We were just little silly goofballs. (laughs) Yes. I'm so glad I had all of those experiences because I think um... it's, it's easy to appreciate what life is right now when I've had like the fun and the, the bad and the good and the, and the up and the down of, you know, the the other aspects of this career. <laughs> Remember when we invited that guy back to, we probably talked about this on somewhere, with that guy, we brought a guy back to our hotel room and we were just like hanging out and then he had a gun. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much more. We were in Florida, shocker. Of course. And um, we were looking for weed that night. And this is what I mean when oh, we, I say we were monsters. The, uh, when I say we were monsters, we were just like, we were hedonistic little maenads at the Bacchanal. <laughs> we, we just, we got lucky though that our vices were like, I don't know. I mean, we love to get wasted. Like we'd love to yeah. drink and we love to smoke weed. Like, thank God we weren't like, that's, that's let's pretty get heroin, the you know? Yeah, like, it's like, could you, you know, imagine? I need some... I just need some black tar heroin. <laughs> Sounds real nice right now. No, you know, we wanted weed one night and we were in Florida. We did a bar gig and this mm-hmm. hot guy that I had been like batting my eyelashes at all night. Remember how I stayed in drag just in case like oh, he yeah. found me pretty. Anyway, <laughs> he comes back to our hotel um, with some weed to smoke us out. He looks like sexy Jesus. We're thinking Very. nothing about it. And then, yeah, he pulls everything out of his cargo pants. Or oh, cargo pants. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's more accurate. Yeah. And with all the contents of his pants was a handgun. And Alaska <laughs> and I immediately looked at each other like, uh-oh. Because we're, we study Chekhov, <laughs> and you know that if a gun is introduced in the first act, it has to go off in the second act. <laughs> and neither of us wanted to play Hedda that night, if we you catch that. my drift. The door slam heard round the world. Is that Chekhov? That's not me. That's Ibsen. I'm mixing my metaphors. <laughs> <laughs> so... So yeah, we quickly smoked with this guy, and then yeah, we, it was it was fine, it was whatever. But the handgun was scary. Then after um, we were we, good, at, done after all. we were good and stoned, we asked the man with the gun to leave. <laughs> <laughs> after we smoked all his drugs, we asked the guy with the gun to leave. Probably wow. Well, 
Well, then, okay, oh, so God. that's all we need. That's that's enough for people to get a, a, a taste of what our tour years together were like. Yeah. But now, so I love those stories because those are the stories you get to, like, look back on when you're a radical old witch with your silver braid all up in one big <laughs> knot at the top of your head, <laughs> rocking back and forth in your silk caftan. Uh-huh. <laughs> anyway, um. We're going to look back on those memories for the rest of our lives and, um, you know, be glad we have them. But now, dare I say, Alaska, you are in your girl boss era. It's all about eras now, right? You are Uh, like... Yes, era era. It's the era. It's the era era. (laughs) Alaska, you... Okay, so, wow. (laughs) I don't get to see you enough. So I don't get to talk about everything you're doing with you enough. But... Um, I listed it off earlier. I mean, right now you've got um, Drag Queen of the Year, the Drag Queen of the Year pageant documentary just dropped or is about to drop. Yeah, it just came out um, on Friday. The first the first installment, first episode. This is two birds here because we get to talk about a documentary that is coming out. We always love airtime, screen time, baby. <laughs> That's what it's about. Um, and then um, it's chronicling this amazing thing that you started and do annually, um, the Drag Queen of the Year pageant. The Drag Queen of the Year pageant. And I remember the first year you did it, I thought, what? That's the best title. <laughs> It's stolen. It's got all of it. It's It's, stolen? Well, Drag Queen of the Year is the name of the fictitious pageant that's in Tuong Fu. Uh, You are always schooling me. RuPaul comes out of the ceiling and she's like, the Drag Queen of the Year. (laughs) I, I... You know, I think I know drag, and then I spend five minutes with you, and I realize I only know a a fraction of drag compared to you. So the Drag Queen of the Year pageant, um, first of all, the fact that you you produced the pageant. You thought, this is a pageant I want to see in the world. Instead of teaming up with the producer... You decided you were going to produce it. And um, you and LaCroix, did I say that? You did. You said it right. We were were just talking about her last name is a litmus of how fancy someone is. Because sometimes we were like, LaCroix. LaCroix. Or LaCroix, if you're, you know, really not fancy. There's a scale. But no, she says it LaCroix. Mm-hmm. Wait, yeah, Lola Lacroix. Yeah, Lacroix, Lacroix. Yeah, Lola Lacroix. like the water. <laughs> Wait a second. Um, yeah, <laughs> so you two produce it together. Yeah. Um, tell us what the Drag Queen of the Year pageant is. Well, it, the full title is the Drag Queen of the Year Pageant Competition Award Contest Competition, which is that's right. You uh, used to put the whole thing on the poster, right? I know, but now it's <laughs> now it's streaming on out TV. So you, the less words, the even drag queen of the year is too many fucking words. When you type in drag, you get drag race. When you type in drag queen, you get Trixie Mattel's documentary. So you have to type in drag queen of the year in order to find it. I I found this out on the phone with my mom the other day because we were trying to find on her TV find this 
cockamamie thing. But um, what is it? I mean, we we decided we were like, well, what would happen if like, I don't know, drag kings and, and spooky queens and, you know, like if all these different sort of people on the sort of outskirts of drag got to like all compete in one competition and, you know, it was really awesome. It is really awesome. And it's grown yeah. really big. So big, we had to document it. Um, we did. <laughs> what are the criteria for an applicant for this pageant? There, well, there are none. You can, you can have just started drag. You could, it, it could be your first time doing drag. Like everyone is welcome to apply. And what I have loved, and I'm sure many, many people love, and I'm sure that you're proud to offer a, such a diverse, um, a diverse group of drag entertainers. Yes. It's never, it's never heavy in one, you know, it's an even, that that's curation. That's when a drag queen's in charge. Like, you're not gonna let anything slip through the cracks. You're gonna make sure a little bit of everything, a, 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 a tasting course is laid mm. out for your audience. Totally. Because, you know, like the last thing we want is like a competition for drag artists by someone who's not a drag artist. That's the way I feel, you know, like. Yes, that's so true. Uh, it, I'm so glad that it's someone who really knows and loves and respects the art form at the helm of, you know, what's becoming a, a really wonderful annual event. Um, what have been some of your, what have been some of your, well, okay. Where you can watch it now, I'm sure, on the documentary. So you don't mm -hmm. want to give too much away. But what have been some of your favorite moments? And tell me what's going on when um, in the trailer you're like, we're going to have to cancel the pageant. <laughs> um, <laughs> I need to know. Were you really going to have to cancel the pageant? Yes. Or was that just an act break for commercial? <laughs> we got did we get it? Okay, everything's fine. Did we get it? Everything's fine. I'm, I'm gonna go take a nap. No, everything, <laughs> everything went. Kind of this bird just landed on my on my railing outside, and it's so cute. I think it's because I'm on the phone <laughs> what, with you. What kind of bird? It's like a dove. A dove. A turtle. It's not dove. just a white. Are you sure it's not just a white pigeon dog? No, it's like sort of sandy, everywhere. sandy in color. <laughs> <laughs> what, so no, everything, everything's real. Everything went wrong, and and so that was that was last year's pageant. We had the camera crew following us, and in a way, we sort of got lucky because everything went wrong. It, it wasn't lucky at the time. It was actually quite horrible. Like everything, I mean, in the first two episodes, you see like how the deterioration of like a, a tech crew in a theater who isn't interested in, do, in helping. <laughs> you see that what you see that, happen and so it's a lot of like Lola screaming and uh, and trying to get people to like because we were like on stage and we were like okay so the cue for this we keep the show really simple on purpose because mm. we only uh -huh. have one day of 
Yeah, yeah. Okay, so the cue is going to be, I'm going to say hit it, and then you then you press play. Okay, so hit it. And nothing, <coughs> nothing would happen. They would be like, okay, can you radio upstairs to tell them to hit it? We are radioing them. We know we taught, we did it. We did. No, there was no communication. It was this huge theater. The tech person was in a little catacomb upstairs. So like there was that <laughs> aspect that that went completely wrong. They pulled our liquor license um, the day of. They told uh. us that you can't you can't serve alcohol at your event. There was an active shooter uh, next door. On the day of the event. I, yeah, it was the day of the event. Um, so we were all, we had to shelter in place inside the theater and seal all the doors. So it was like, it, it was everything that really went wrong. But I mean, when everything goes wrong, you then hopefully there's a camera crew. And there was. Well, because you persevered. We I did. mean, the pageant happened. It did, <laughs> but there was a moment where I, where we were like, "Do I, I can't ask everyone to come downtown to the scene of like where because we didn't know how bad the shooting was." Oh my god! So like, Alaska. Do, do we need to just tell everyone to like stay home and not come down here because like how bad is it? We didn't know. Yeah, that's that's. Cuckoo banana crackers. Yeah. I'm sorry you had to deal with that, but then also, wow, that's got to make great TV, huh? That was a gripping endorsement for your TV show. Yeah, and I gotta say, the trailer already hooked me. Just watching you and Lola, the two different ways you conduct yourself in these in this <laughs> in this confessional. Uh, just watching you two together. That's that's. I just need um, an hour of that every week in my life. So An much hour? filler, twenty-two so much minutes, Juvederm, so much restylane <laughs> on one screen. Listen, Alaska, um, you're also, um, for all intents and purposes. Um, yeah, you're my boss in this podcast that we're currently doing because yeah. you run the Moguls of Media Network with Big Dipper and Willem. You um, have your own podcast network. You are Yum. your own boss and you're making quite a good go of it. Uh, I've toured with you and I know that we've both put in the hours of working for other people. And now we both have ways in which we are running our own careers and being our own bosses. Yeah. And it's really amazing. I watch you and I am constantly inspired by the things you set your mind on doing and then do. Because <laughs> you do it. <laughs> you do it. You have many successful <laughs> albums. You're an actor. You're in Sharknado. But then you, and then, and then, and then you decide you're going to start a podcast network with, um, with Hollywood's bad girl, Will Jesus Christ, I know. Yeah. So how, okay, when did you, when did you two, I mean, obviously there's a magic between you and Willem. When did you two like really go, 
huh, we should like, we should like get on this and do something with this. <laughs> it was very organic. Um, <laughs> it was organic and, uh, and free range. We were we went to Burning Man and um, <laughs> we got stuck trying to leave Burning Man because it's like thousands of RVs trying to leave through one little gate at the end. So. You sit there. We were sitting there in line for like five hours. My God. Maybe more. But the way we passed the time was listening to a podcast about the Golden Girls called, called Out on the Lanai. And uh-huh. each episode, they they just talk about like an episode of the Golden Girls. And they go through every season and just talk about the episode. And so we were like, we should do this about Drag Race. Because uh, we had recently been on a tour and a bunch of us were on a bus, a bunch of Rue girls. And for fun, I pulled out my laptop where I had illegally downloaded season one of Drag Race. And we just played it and like cut up and like we're laughing about like how preposterous and ridiculous it is and and also really enjoying it and just like so like drag queens love to watch drag race and we have a lot to fucking say about it because we've been through it we see through the sort of editing tricks and and so it was really organic and we were like okay well let's try it And, and big dipper you know big dipper actually made it happen we couldn't have done it on our own so um yeah so we did it and it really ended up working out because <laughs> willem's like willem's like the enemy of the state when it comes to drag race and i was like you know and then i dare say you are drag race's number one fan i mean yeah. when i met you on season five i was kind of stunned because i thought i knew Drag race. I thought I knew drag race. And you would like look over at me and say something. And I would go, what the fuck are you talking about? And you're like, it's a quote from drag race, the show you're on. And I would be like, did the producers see that? (laughs) Do they know? (laughs) You know, I was. Oh, no, we're mics. Oh, no, Alaska, what have you done? I'm such a scaredy cat when it comes to filming reality television. I can't imagine why. I'm such a goody two-shoe scaredy cat. Um, anyway, uh, so yeah, you you started by uh, let me get uh, let me see if I'm getting this right. You started by self-producing your own podcast with you and Willem. Big Dipper helped, and that mm-hmm. spread out into. What you now have, which is a network of podcasts, yeah. where you are employing your your talented friends. I'm one of them. You yeah. are now not only like making work for yourself, but you um, and I talk all the time about creating your own work. You know, in, it's how you stay busy when the industry figures out what to do with you between jobs, you know? Because <laughs> as we've seen, you know, you and I have both been working in drag professionally at this level for the last 10 years now. And you even longer because you were, you know, you were a drag race name before you competed. Um, and so 
you know, as we've seen, like, you never know. Like, there's the years where you're like, I don't know what I'm doing this year. I'm just, you know, I'm just, oh, you know what it is. It's plush velvet sometimes, (laughs) sometimes just whiskey and pretzels and beer, but I'm here. Um, And then now here you are. You're not only employing yourself, you're employing lots of other people. sisters in arms and the podcasts are successful and the fan base love them like when did you realize you were becoming a mogul of media (laughs) well i mean that was because of the pandemic and it was like we the podcast became really like um important to us and to a lot of people because it was like a regular thing to do which helped tether our minds to something so we didn't just sort of, I don't know, go insane. Uh, And, like, we were really connecting with people who were listening. And so we were like, well, we know all these, like, we know all these amazing drag queens and we're friends with them. So, like, what if we, I don't know, what if we expand this and, like, share it? And, like, Ah! we did. You know, um, I don't really listen to podcasts myself, but because I live with Kenny, who listens to every podcast, you know, I do hear a lot of podcasts and there are ones that I'm like, oh, you know, because I I don't seek out podcasts, but then there's the ones that are when they're on and Kenny is, you know, like we're cleaning the house and Kenny's in charge of what we're listening to. And I'm listening to, you know, you and Willem. That's one of the ones where I'm like, oh, good. This is the podcast we're listening today. <laughs> you know, like, it's <laughs> oh, like, I, like this I, one. I won't put it on myself, but I'm always excited when it's you two. Also, Groceries with Brian Safi and Aaron Gibson is another one. I just love talking about groceries. I love listening to people talk about groceries. They just it's talk incredible. about groceries. That's all they do. Oh my God. Anyway, the point is, um, huh. so for someone who doesn't actively listen to podcasts, what I'll say, what I got from your podcast during the pandemic was a feeling of like still being connected with the community and my, and my sisters and my friends at a time where we couldn't see each other. And it's like, we, we're used to going long stretches of time not seeing each other because we're working, not because we're yeah. just sitting at home doing nothing, you know? And yeah. I was always so excited anytime you you, um, you two asked me to be a correspondent because, <laughs> <laughs> because it was just a chance to sit and talk about drag with y'all because that's my favorite part of touring you and I would just sit and talk about drag for hours. Yeah. I remember there was a night I felt so, I don't know, I, I I was touched by something you said to me because I put on a Craig Russell video for you. Uh, I, I think it was Craig Russell impersonating Peggy Lee and you were going <laughs> nuts for it. And it was something you hadn't seen. And then you turned to me and went, Jinx, you really, you really know drag. You you really know drag. <laughs> it, was, it was like I was like yeah Alaska, but I was also <laughs> like I was also like oh good she sees that I also care a hell of a lot you know. <laughs> you do. Um... Um, where where do you think your um, podcast network empire? Where would you like to see it go from here? 
I don't know. I mean, uh, I don't know. I mean, Drag Race is going to run forever because RuPaul is going to live forever. So we're never going to run out of episodes to talk about. But if in the future, even if in even if Drag Race got canceled next year, which it's not going to. Um, but even if it did, we would still have about 25 years of episodes we'd have to do because then, because then we would finish America Drag Race and then we would do all the other franchises. So the goal is to, um, do every single episode of RuPaul's Drag Race. That's a beautiful goal. In perpetuity. And, And, um, thoughts on, okay. I talk about sisterhood and how like how great it is when you get to like do these things with a friend. Um, what's it like working with Willem? Um, are you two in, inside each other's brains at this point? We share one brain. <laughs> uh, <laughs> do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I... Don't. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's a drag race challenge. Oh, no. Was, okay, wait. I, I think it was... The producers are listening. It's coming back to me. The producers are listening. Which season? Who does that? But they're the three girls. I think they're called the Del Rio sisters and stuff. I don't, I, maybe I'm mixing them up. Uh, maybe but, I'm mixing But the skit, this, the prompt for the skit was, you all have to talk because you're all sharing one brain. So they would just sort of make up sentences and say them at the same time. <laughs> but yes, Willem and I, we share one brain at this point. It's, it's, it is weird. We are sort of like Borg. Uh, we are Borg. I get that. Um, Dela and I refer to it as tour telepathy. Um, oh, uh, yeah. Where we just, there are times where we will both, I'm not kidding, from start to finish, set up a joke and then say the punchline in unison <laughs> and in the same exact inflection. Like we'll both go like, da 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 and then we look at each other and just stand there shocked that we both did like completely out of nowhere like it's not a line in the show and it happens on stage and off stage and we call it tour telepathy it is you know it's so nice to have someone along for the ride in these kind of things you know have you felt have you in 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 your meteoric rise alaska um do you deal with imposter syndrome do you deal with anxiety do you ever like like do you ever question where you're at when you're at these like wonderful places in life um yeah i i mean you're being a really good um podcast hostress (laughs) uh which you are and you also you also get really amazing guests um you get like (laughs) the best guests like people who would never do race chaser in a million years. <laughs> they do hijinks. Really, really great guests. And you're a really great hostess. And you're being, I mean, you're being very generous. I mean, you're saying like meteoric and, and words like this, which I don't feel like at all. I feel like, um, 
I'm I I feel like I'm a drag queen. I don't But you are no but Alaska like you I mean you are okay. You took drag to such high levels. Like and not and, and like where a lot of queens have had to hook on to another Okay, so like Bianca Del Rio, she is a drag queen at a very high level doing yes. stand up comedy. Yeah. Trixie's a drag queen at a very high level doing music, doing um reality makeup. personality stuff and doing she's got a makeup empire. Yeah. You are you said just like I said at the beginning of the episode, like you have committed yourself to drag and you are elevating what's possible in the pa- in the pageant you created in in running a network like I said, giving other drag queens platforms, like you said, sharing it. Like your business is drag and you are taking it to this really high level. And you've been an inspiration to your peers and your colleagues for a long time. So if you don't see it, I'm telling it to you now. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I mean, um, that's what your business is. Your business is everything that drag can be. And you've taken that to a really big level. And um, so I I don't know. I love that you've got a friend alongside because I had such a blast every time you and I were working together. It was always, it was always 10 times more exciting if you were on the tour. I was always (laughs) 10 times more willing to do the hard parts of touring if Alaska was on because it was fun. And, and we I would dress it. like dueling Lizas. <laughs> we, would, we, would, we would always reach a point in the tour where we were bored with what we were doing night after night. So you and I would come up with these ridiculous ridiculous numbers we were gonna I don't have do a Liza that. wig but I'm just gonna wear this huge black wig that looks nothing like Liza and we I don't just, have a Liza costume so I'm gonna wear numbers. this horrible you wore a tarp like you wore tarp after tarp <laughs> and I'm gonna say that I'm Liza even though I look nothing like her and you have a Liza replica outfit and we're gonna be like <laughs> dueling Liza and it was for us, but the audience loved it too. Remember, we rehearsed a number that we never put on stage where it was going to be me as like the da- the sister who could dance and you oh, as the sister who couldn't dance. And we were going to come out and do some approximation of the hot honey rag, but we were going to set it to the cantina song from Star Wars. We were like, we had the weirdest ideas, but it was so much fun. And it was, it was why I... It was why I love doing drag. You know, it's what I miss about being a part of a cast. You had your blue moon days and yeah. I had my red cap garage days where you're part of a cast and you're you're working on a show together. Yeah. And we got to do that on Battle of the Seasons and you and I were always excited to work on a show together and then there were the queens who were like they wouldn't show up for the conversation. They'd just show up for the critiques. <laughs> they just show they just show up to give their opinion after the fact once all the work was done. Right. You remember that book where it was like, who will help me bake the bread? And no one helps <laughs> yes. her bake the bread, but then they all want to eat the bread. Yeah. <laughs> that was yes, always yes, yes, you yes. and me and Benda Lacram on tour. We would we would make the bread and everyone else would eat the bread, but then <laughs> 
but they'd eat the bread and sit there and talk about how much they hated the bread. Right. It was rough. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. Ooh, the bread. Oh. the bread. about your music you have done a lot of music and you also have like will you explain so you've got alaska the the entity that creates drag pop music and then you have a side project with your long enduring musical partner handsome jeremy mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. um that is uh, uh that uh, it, uh, Amethyst, <laughs> it's it's coming to me in fragments. Yes. What is what is the side the side music project called? Is it Amethyst Journey? Amethyst Journey. Yes. I was going to say, is it Justin and Jeremy? No, it's Amethyst Amethyst Journey. Amethyst <laughs> Justin and Jeremy Journey. will be your uh, the 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 uh, Disney Channel show based on your friendship as young people. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. This journey. Let's talk about this because y- y- this is what I love about you. You just always come, you're like, I got an idea for another thing I want to do. And so now I'm going to yeah. also do this. You just keep adding things to the list. I do keep adding things to the list. No, it was, I, I don't, I don't, we wanted to do like a, an offshoot project and we called it Amethyst Journey because Jeremy's really into like stones and like all of that mm-hmm. stuff. And um, his drag name is Crystal Powers actually. <laughs> um, uh, Cause she loves all that stuff. And Amethyst has that, like I, I've always had one like mm-hmm. in my, you like stones and stuff. Amethyst, I keep a lot of amethyst with me. Do you know what it's good for? It's what? good for cleansing your ego. As mm. in taking Does it come in a suppository? <laughs> Listen, honey, no one's stopping you from sticking a hunk of amethyst up your ass. No Everything else has been up yet. there. No one's stopping you. T- <laughs> 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 okay no that's good um yeah. great it's, it's it's so it's like a it's an energy amplifier it's supposed to amplify your energy much like quartz because it is a quartz you know like clear mm-hmm. quartz is just like an amplifier so if you have yes. clear quartz it's like you know it can um amplify positive energy it attracts positive energy but if you also like have a collection of stones your clear quartz is going to amplify um, your other stones. And now Mm. amethyst also being a quartz is going to uh, do similar things to what clear quartz does. But as it does that, it uh, um, cleanses your ego. It takes your ego out of that. So whereas like, Clear quartz is just a conduit. Let's say you're getting really jazzed up, but you're getting really jazzed up for really selfish things. You know, Mm -hmm. clear quartz doesn't discriminate. It's just going to energize you for that thing. Amethyst kind of gets you thinking about, is this for, is this for the greater good or is this just for me? Does that make sense? (laughs) That's why you always want to have amethyst around. Keep your intentions pure. 
That's why I always keep Amethyst, the drag queen, from, uh, <laughs> from, from the season of this last what, season what, of drag queen. What season That's why I always are keep we her on? Around. That's why I, I don't know what season we're on. That's why they should have kept her around. I think my, my only big upset with the most recent season is I wanted Amethyst just in the confessionals till the end. I really liked her confessionals. So cute. <laughs> they so were funny. funny. Yeah. <laughs> I want pop-up video with the eliminated queens. <gasps> that was an idea that's, I came up with recently. That's a good that's a good modification. I'm sure the queens well they already keep the queens till the final season, right? I mean till the final episode. That's how they do it now, right? Even when you get eliminated, you stay in the hotel cuz they don't want you going home and blabbing, right? <laughs> Getting on Facebook live. <laughs> <laughs> So my my thought is, if they're already keeping the queens in the hotel, yeah. let, let them continue to watch and make uh, and do the confessionals, and then we can yes. have a little pop up commentary from the eliminated queens. Yes, Irene Dubois giving commentary throughout the season. Hello, please. Uh. <laughs> it would be an upgrade to the show, and the queens would be guaranteed airtime throughout the whole season. Um, even if they get eliminated. Totally. Hello. Call, call RuPaul. <laughs> call your friend RuPaul. Hello, Ru. Oh, no. She says, this one, uh, <laughs> this one from she, Seattle. That's what I am in, in her phone as. It's this one, dot, 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 <laughs> Seattle. <laughs> um... Um, Alaska, you've done so many things. I, um, I'm sure by now you've talked about Sharknado. I've done too many things. Why should, can't I just pick one and do it really good? Why do I have to do every, I do too many things. Let's talk about something that I. Bianca Del Rio does, does one comedy (laughs) show a year. She's, she has (laughs) millions of dollars. I'm I'm fucking trying to sell perfume and a doc series. You got a candle. You got a a podcast. I've got a candle. I've got a fragrance. Uh, Yes. Uh Yeah. I got something. I got something we do need to talk about. And um, you let me be a part of it um, as part of the mom uh, family. You did something really incredible with Willem and Big Dipper, and you put on uh, the charity event at Play Nashville um, in Tennessee, Drag is Good. Um, Because people are trying to tell you drag is bad, and we're here to tell you drag is good. That's such a that, problem. That advertisement, I loved it. I was like, I love that they didn't think to reshoot this. They said, nope, that's the ad. <laughs> that's the take. That's, that's uh, the that was actually take 17. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we did it once. No, I what I loved about it is it was authentic. And that's what I love about you two doing your own show is we get to see the authentic you two. And I love, I love that that's your brand. It's you two being you. So, um, drag is good. Tell us about it. <laughs> I have a problem with the names of all of these drag like fundraiser awareness <laughs> campaigns. I did not want to call it drag is good. You I, did it because I think it's brilliant. I d- I also I take umbrage with the name drag isn't dangerous, which is the other telethon that's going. That's the telethon yeah. that's going to be happening May seventh. I the the names of these things. I'm like I'm like but 
some drag isn't good. Some drag is horrible, but that doesn't mean it should be fucking illegal. See, uh, I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> but right now, nuance isn't going to work. We got to really play nuance. to the lowest common denominator for now, for right now. No, for actually, now. we don't have to in our work. We don't have to in our work. But I think yeah. as far as, you know, when we are out there interacting with the muggles, who have yet to see the magic that lies within them. You know, uh, like, it's not that these people have no color and life and glitter and magic inside of them. They just haven't had it unlocked within them. Some of them have, uh, you know, sold it to the devil for capital gains. I don't know what I'm talking about. The point is, right now, if if we want the people who have the capacity to have their minds changed, we gotta just kind of play to, like, Really just like broad strokes here, people. Drag good. (laughs) Drag good. (laughs) Soiling green is people. (laughs) Drag good. (laughs) So... We just, I think- all this, all this, like, all this stuff started happening in Tennessee. And, like, we were, everyone online was just like, I can't believe this is happening. This is horrible. This is dreadful. And, and Willem and I were both, like, at the same time, we were on Zoom and we were like, well, can, can we go there? I just want to go there. I want to go there and, like, I don't know. We've do all drag. gigged at Play Nashville. Yeah. We've, we've got sisters there. Jade Jolie, I don't know if Jade was still, uh, I mean, uh, she was there for years. Who else? Yeah. The princess yes. has been there. Mm-hmm. And then, you, uh, uh, yeah, it's it's a stop. It's a compulsory stop on your post-drag race tour. Play Nashville. The sequin circuit. The sequin circuit. The travel, I call it I call it our um, musical chairs. I've always called it musical chairs. When right. We, well, you do a season of Drag Race and then we all play musical chairs around the world. Um, we do. But yeah, play Nashville. It's, you know, we all have a relationship to it. And I'm so happy that you went there and... You know, gave them some time to celebrate and gave them something to no. celebrate. And But I mean, they didn't need us to go there. Like, they didn't need <laughs> yeah, us to celebrate. Yeah. Like, drag is alive and fucking well, I will say, at Play Nashville. Like, those queens yeah. are, first of all, like, the fucking best drag queens ever anywhere. But they also do about 45... Sh- numbers in a show. Their shows oh, yeah. are long form. Mama, that's what I used to do in Portland. That's how it, that's how it is. That's like the drag I grew up with where you just go, that's your plans for the night. You go and you set up camp and you are at that drag show for four hours. <laughs> it keeps going. The, the girls go in a rotation and then they go back and they change clothes and they come back and do it again. And they do it like, I don't know, five times. We were looking at the set list posted because they do the their like regular show. They did it after we did the fundraiser event. Yeah. They did the regular show. I think there was like 45 slots. It was like a two page set list. I was yeah. like, go off. This is drag. The D-R-A-G. But How that, much? But that's like, that's like being in Nashville. I don't know. I, I don't know why. we. I guess we were like afraid. Like, oh my God, is it going to be weird? Like going out and drag and going to the hotel yeah. and the car. And it's like, no, it's not. And that's, that's just like, that's 
that exemplifies the fact that these laws and re- legislations are not reflective of like what actual people on the in the place actually are concerned about. No one's fucking bothered by drag. It's they're not. It's so it's so insidious. Just every step of this is so insidious. And to hear that just like and it makes perfect sense to me to hear that from you. But yeah, like even in the language I was using, I was saying you gave them something to celebrate. And <laughs> here I am thinking that it's like, you know, they've had to hand their wigs over to authorities. And there's like drag no. queens hiding in each other's attics, putting on drag shows <laughs> for for Carol's bachelorette party up in the attic you know Um, speakeasy but like yeah that's another factor it's not these laws are not reflective they are not for the people they're not like this isn't it's the agenda and the hypocrisy and the it's just also blatant that it makes me feel like crazy it's like why can we all see it but they still get away with it and it's just this we are entrenched in this system that boasts one thing and does another and says this while it's doing that. And it's like how the whole fucking system works. And it feels so aggravating to just be like a target by this archaic, outdated system that works for no one except for those at the very, very top. And it's like, it's like market, it's like marketing. Right? I don't know. It's it feels like it's like the Bud Light thing. Like, are you aware of all this Bud Light stuff that's going on? Yeah. I mean, as much of as much aware of it as I will allow myself to be. Like, I won't dig in because I get too angry and I start to feel too crazy. But yes, I know what's going on. Yes. But like the outrage is the is what is the desired thing because outrage actually works on both sides. Now everyone, so there's outrage. So now everyone is talking about Bud Light. So everyone, it's so it's like advertising. So like everybody's buying Bud Light. Whether you're you, like, I actually want to buy Bud Light, which I don't normally drink, but I actually want to buy it because I'm like, oh, this is activism now. So like, I, I don't know. If, the point is, if you ask like normal people in America what the what problems should be addressed with the country, drag isn't even going to be on the fucking top ten of the fucking list. Like people can't people have to work five jobs to not make enough money. The health care is shit. Like it like yeah. these are the things that actual people are worried about and that government should be <laughs> helping. You know what I just I don't know why this came to my mind while you were talking, but it all became so clear how to describe what Everyone is doing the capitalists, the the Republicans, the Democrats. But I mean, like, you know, you have to acknowledge that it happens on both sides. But I also always want to acknowledge that one side has chosen a clearly evil path. And like and like (laughs) people, life, lifelong (laughs) Republicans are saying, I don't want anything to do with this anymore because of the path they are on. So while I think we need to acknowledge that corruption exists on both sides, I think we also need to acknowledge that it is heavily handed, like heavy handed. <laughs> the scale it has been tipped drastically. Yeah. But as I say that, um, you know, it's like this. Outrage is like when you whip up egg whites. Mm-hmm. 
Like you whip into a meringue. these people into an outrage meringue. Then you uh-huh. put that meringue into a piping bag and you uh-huh. can do whatever you want with it. You uh-huh. whip these people up into an outrage and mm-hmm. then you can decorate them into voting for laws that have nothing to do with anything. Um, Protesting human beings existing, you know, convincing these people they're the victims as they actively try to oppress more and more people. Like it's, it's, you know, and that's what they do. They use the outrage. And like what pisses me off the most is when I think, I bet they don't even fucking, they don't care who's gay. They're probably doing whatever the fuck they want behind the scenes. They're having gay orgies and coke-fueled Satanist <laughs> worshiping. Uh, they're doing the worst <laughs> things behind the scenes. But then they're voting for these laws because that's how they make their money. You know, yeah. it's just so disheartening and that is why I am so inspired by you you and Willem you and Willem and Dipper like the fact that you are in every just in everything that you do you are actively working against those people you know the fact that you are a decade strong being one of the most popular beloved drag queens of our generation and the fact that you are always fighting for the right side of things and you are always actively fighting for those things you constantly inspire me and you're just, uh, you're funny. You're hilarious. I have a good time with you. Yeah. <laughs> I officially feel, I officially think I got old last night at the gig. At this gig <laughs> I, I went to, and it wasn't even like during the performance. Like we were like running around and like it was very late at night, which is unusual for me. I usually like to go to bed at 10. But it, it was after the performance and I was taking off my boots <laughs> and something pulled in my, in my rib, like underneath my rib, something, and it still hurts. So I'm like, okay, this is how it happens. I'm, du- I'm going to wear mumus flat. pulled. Something got, pulled or pressed. I get a bubble. I get it a bubble It literally is like that. <laughs> I'm like, this is, I really felt, oh, this is how it happens. This is why, like, queens start wearing, like, shapeless, shapeless dresses, flat shoes, and just standing there and doing the, I'm, I'm done. Oh, no more dancing. I'm never oh, going to dance I've again. I've been standing and delivering for years. <laughs> <laughs> I've been, the most dancing, I, I, you get a sensible step touch out of me. Uh, <laughs> remember that night you came to see, um, uh, one of my shows in the UK, and you said you were juggling the microphone. I was like, Alaska, I was just throwing it back and forth. <laughs> like, it, I found a you way to make me. it. <laughs> you dazzled me. <laughs> it was just that. Um, no, it's it's so true. I was in um, my corset, and I had to crouch down the other day, and something in my groin and I was like, Ooh, I got to stand back up. I, 
that feels like a hernia. I'm like, <laughs> no, I don't want to be here. I don't want to be here. I don't want to be around anymore. <laughs> I know. This is how it happens. I think it just happens one day, one night, and then it's, then it's done. But luckily, you were very smart because you were like, I'm going to play a 70-year-old woman from from the age of 21 on. <laughs> I've so been you aging never get, into my character for years. <laughs> you never risk getting old because you started. <laughs> You're actually getting younger. You look so good. Oh, my God. On that Drag Race finale. Mama. Um, mama. Thank you. So you good. know what it and is. And you classed up the joint. You said, I demand a full band. And I don't care if it takes them three hours to set. I don't give a shit. I'm not singing to some karaoke track. <laughs> Listen. Um, I. You know I what it, it is. I've gotten really good at um, working with people who are good at the things I've never been good at. You know, I will say sure. I'm very pr- I'm I'm proud at where I've gotten with my makeup skills only in regards to applying my own makeup. Uh, I still get terrified. <laughs> I can't remember the last time I tried, but the last time the last time I tried to do someone else's makeup, it was horrific and you would have thought that it was my first time. You know those videos of where Trixie makes non-drag queens put her into drag? It was like that. It was oh, like yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, you want to feel your fantasy tonight, mama? I'll put you in a drag. And then she was like, can I take it off? I just, I, we, I could still look normal if I, if I do my own makeup. Uh, start now. Oh Um, my God. Anyway. but, you know, I had um, Marco uh, of Marco's Wigs. My my wig Oof. person, Wig Chapel, um, sent, uh, sent some of my wigs to Marco to style that wig because Marco wa- had a style in mind for me. And then um, the dress is Garo Sparrow, um, who's doing lots of designs for the girls. Uh, oh, my gosh. You know what I love is the design. Now we've got designers. We've got, there's like a pantheon of designers, too, who work almost entirely it's like drag queens and pop stars it's like yeah. you know i'll do a corset for Nicki minaj and then and the jigs's dress for now it's, it's so incredible true. what a privilege you know that we've got yeah. like designers wanting to work with us and make us look that gorgeous and then you know we've got it's a good time to be a drag queen in spite of the bullshit you have to deal with yeah <laughs> being a drag queen <laughs> Yeah. Alaska, we talked about your empire. We talked about your music. Um, we talked about your candle. It was on my list of notes. We got the candle. It's called Alaska Red for Filth Candle. Also, the fragrance is coming out, which I I think we're going to be sending you one. So you should be getting it soon. Ooh la la. The Um, real Red for Filth fragrance, like for real. People can see you um, uh, in your documentary series on Out TV. The first episode's out now. Yes. Um, yes. I, I I love the trailer. I'll be watching. Um, you know, I I feel like I am very choosy about how much drag 
content I intake because it can get a little bit like, oh my God. And then you stop you stop remembering how to interact with people who aren't drag queens. I know. It's all your <laughs> but that's a show I'll be watching because I just want to watch more of those confessionals between you and Lola. You two are just uh, <laughs> you're you're just so good at knowing who to work with. Eh. <laughs> nah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, what else? What else you got to plug? You're always doing oh. shows with three uh, three dollar bill. You're doing um. Oh yeah. You just do a little bit of everything. You tour your own shows, yeah. got music constantly. Yeah. <laughs> what do you What do you do to just stop working? What do you do when you stop working? I love um. I love television. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it so much. Um, I, I have this TV now. It's a Samsung TV. Have you ever heard of this? And Samsung TV has their own channels. And there's a channel that plays only Project Runway. It just plays season after season after season. I've been doing this. I've been doing, I love this too, because you and I, we both like just putting on a TV in the background. Like we, you would, you would put on Golden Girls for the Girls. Oh, oh, it's the <laughs> foreground for me. I'm, I'm just saying. We. <laughs> I love Amazon Prime. Does the same kind of thing. I I've been binging Cheers for weeks. Cheers. Oh, yeah. I don't know why Cheers, but Cheers has become very comforting to me. But right now, right now, I'm yes. actually watching a new show. It's very rare that I watch a new show. You know how I like my. You know how I like my. Um, uh, gentle cartoons that have powerful messages. And um, yes. I found another one. It's called Centaur World. And I'm oh, in okay. love with it. It's real good. The music's good too. So. I love that. <laughs> you got TV. Um, no, what TV. else you got? And I don't like, I don't, like, it's different than turning on Project Runway on streaming. So, like, I control when I'm watching it. Mm-hmm. This is a channel that is running them. So, whenever I turn it on, it's different. It's, it's like, um, it's like, um, it's shooting, not shooting fish in a barrel. That's not the right analogy. It's just, it's like a roulette. It's wildcat, wildcat drilling. Wow. You never know. It might be a season that you recently saw, but it doesn't matter. I love having the element of choice removed from I do, too. That's exactly why I started just binging Cheers, but in this way. I'm not binging it on on my own terms. Yes. (laughs) And it's it's nostalgic when you used to have to, like, schedule your TV watching. Did you ever have friends... You would call your friend on the phone to watch a TV show together every week because that... Did you ever have that? No, I never did that. <sighs> anyway, <laughs> it, it, it's kind of nostalgic to go back to there is a schedule and you had to plan to go watch that show. I don't know, even though we're still like watching it on our time. <laughs> Cheers. Do you prefer Shelley Long or do you prefer Kirstie Alley as, as like the character, the central woman character? Do you know, it's funny because I don't feel like Kirstie Alley was the central female character for long. I think her first couple of seasons she was. I think they were trying to recreate the Sam and Diane dynamic and it didn't work. 
And then soon she just became an ensemble member. So yeah. I like, I like. It's Carla for you. She's the central. Oh, no, no, mama. <laughs> she's you know who the it is. Central character. No, it's all about Lilith for me, that she's the only character. Oh, I mama. see, I see cheers through Lilith's eyes. She's so hot <laughs> in cheers. She's gorgeous. You know, I met her recently and she was just. Everything you'd want BB New Earth to be. She like uh, she did a little she did a little fossy move just in her like in her like conversation with you. She went and she I don't know. I don't want to see you get the best guests. It's a funny anecdote. She wasn't a guest on the a podcast. I met her backstage at, at Chicago because she came to thank the teachers on See, Teachers t- Night. That's fierce to me. That's so cool. Um, she was she was just a vision. She was a goddess. That's and she, sickening, bitch. She came off stage after her speech and then looked down and realized that she, the fly to her pants. She hadn't done it up. <laughs> And That's but so her fierce. but her blouse was hanging over it, so you couldn't see. No one could yeah. see. But she she noticed it afterwards, and she's like, "Could you tell that my fly was down?" <laughs> and then we were like, "No, no, we can't see. It's down right now. We can't tell." <laughs> and then she goes, "What if I do this?" And she starts doing some fossy, and we were like, "No, we still can't see it." And she's like, "What about this?" And she's like. <laughs> And we're like, oh, no, you're good, you're good. And she goes, oh, thank God. Oh, thank God. And she was, um, <laughs> and then they were doing like a, a couple photos with her and I together backstage. And there's one point where she put her arms around my neck and looked up at me and I looked down at her and then we both just started cackling because we were like, <laughs> like, what is this pose? Because <laughs> she's tiny. She's tiny. It looked like I was yeah. babysitting her. <laughs> Anyway, Alaska, we've been talking for an hour. I got to let you go. But as you know, um, I have compulsory questions I ask every guest. And so oh. now I'm going to ask you them. Um, if you were a Futurama character, who, which <laughs> one would you want to bone? Wait, wait is that what the, what the uh, oh, this is different. We're this bringing it back. Okay, okay, okay. listen. Um, first question, who's your celebrity crush today? Today? Yeah. Did you say something? I don't know. I don't I don't have crushes on celebrities. Yeah, you do. Know. Yeah, you do. I know what you have. Who? Justin Bieber. No. You used to love just you used to love the Beeb. I think you're mistaking that I've no. never had a crush on Justin Bieber. No. Never. No. Wait, who's like who's like <laughs> Who's hot? I don't know. You know, the guy who played the guy with the wings on his feet in that one action movie recently? Do you know what I'm talking about? He's like a murfish man. <laughs> a murf? He's kind of hot. Wait, he was in Wakanda. And he's I- the king of the under the underwater people with the but he has wings on his feet. He's kind of okay. hot. I don't I haven't seen Wakanda forever yet, but I've been too busy watching Cheers, but I'll watch it. I'll know who you're talking about. I'm sure everyone else knows. Wait, no, no, I thought of it. I thought of it. (laughs) Mac from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yes, you have talked about that. But when he's fat, but when he's fat, (laughs) that 
That's my Fat mama. Mac. That is my mortgage. My house. That is my forever. I remember you talking crush. about this. Yeah, <gasps> I really thought oh. you had a crush on Justin Bieber, or maybe you were just Never. excited when his nudes leaked for different reasons. Well, I th- I don't know who you're thinking. I've never had a I thing for swear, Justin Bieber. I swear, I thought you were really into him. But like tatted, mangy Justin Bieber. <laughs> like current <laughs> Justin Bieber? I mean, Is he I, currently mangy? I don't keep up with Justin Bieber. I don't either. I don't know. I don't know. I that, don't know. No. No, Fat Mac. <laughs> Fat Mac. Okay. Next question. Are you spiritual? Yes. Yeah. That's fine. That's good. Yeah. No, totally. I <laughs> don't. I was listening to the book Sapiens. Uh-huh. It's basically like a, a a telling of the whole human race of the whole of the whole earth, but it's done in a very scientific way. And I was getting really depressed. And I'm like, why am I getting depressed? It's because there's no sort of i i do believe in i because i've witnessed it there's too much that i've witnessed that is spiritual and beyond and expansive that like i can't just be like no we're just it's just nothing it's just like particles and it's just nothing like no i i do i do i am spiritual final question for you is what is your go-to karaoke song Blue Moon by the Marcells. I don't know. Oh, I do. I do Because it goes really low and really high. So you've got an amazing. Oh, you know, I was going to say this earlier, but there was other things to talk about. But of all the. Of all the many, many things you, um, of all the many things you've accomplished in your career, I find you especially a special kind of brilliant when you do your cabaret shows. I have seen your cabaret shows and just watching you, you'll say probably 12 words in the duration of an entire show. That's what I love. You are the antithesis to the way I write my shows, which is like, these huge monologues. And now here's a song that kind of pertains to what I just talked about. Yeah. Whereas you say three words between songs. Okay. <laughs> At least the show back in the day, the shows back in the days that I really just was like, you know, I would just sit there and I would think, and she's brilliant at this. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, say, I, no. This yep, next thank you. song is a pop song. I hope you like it. And but that See, would take that would take five minutes. It would. Be, and, and you would I'd have to repeat over it time. over and over. You'd have to repeat it over and over because the audience would be laughing so hard. And then you'd start laughing and then you'd try to get back on track. This next mm. song. And and that was what was so brilliant is because you as a live entertainer have a conversation with your audience. You don't just pretend they're not there. They're all, it's, 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 you do it in everything you do. You're a very mindful performer, you know? Even Thank when it you. seems like you're doing your silliest stuff, it seems like you, you, there's so much thought and effort into everything you do. 
Well, your shows always have, like, a message, and they're always, like, intellectual (laughs) and philosophical, which, like, I actually aspire to be, but, the like, the more I do it, the more I'm, like, actually, I'm kind of... I'm kind of more Dina Martina, and it's just <laughs> literally a little—it's—it's it's like absurdism, and it doesn't have any meaning or purpose. Like none of it means anything. But I love. But I—I I aspire to actually say something, actually have a message like you and. But you and do Dana. say and have a message. No, but you do. It's in the things that you do. It's you in know, between like, the lines. It's in everything that you do. Uh, you're a very good drag queen, Alaska. You're a very, Thanks. very good drag. Drag is good, and so are you. Drag is good. <laughs> um, I'm gonna let you go, but I would be remiss if I didn't take this opportunity to say, "Darling, have you got any cash I can borrow? Any cash at all? You see, I've, I, I am very wealthy myself, as I'm you know. But none of it's woman. liquid, darling. None of it's liquid. You see, I don't have the time to have the figures moved and drawn up and my accountant's on vacation, darling. Could I just borrow uh, uh, just a cool couple of Gs? I've Could gotta... I please speak to you for a moment? <laughs> no, you have hired me to sing one song for $200, but out of the kindness of my heart, I will sing five songs. And by your metric, that means you'll be paying me a thousand dollars. It's my treat, really. Thank you so I'll much. need it in cash, though, darling, and I'll need it right Up away. Front. Up front is better. Alaska, I love you. You are family to me. You are my sister. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Have a great rest of your day, darling. You too. And thank you all so much for listening to Hi Jinx here on the Forever Dog and Moguls of Media Network. My name is Jinx Monsoon, and we have new episodes every Wednesday, so be sure to search for Hi Jinx on your favorite podcast app and hit subscribe. I'm Jinx Monsoon, and I'll see you next Wednesday for some more. Hi, Jinx! M. Oh. M. Mom! To listen to Hi, Jinx! One day early and ad-free, sign up for Mom Plus at mompodcasts.plus. Hi, Jinx! is produced by Moguls of Media, a.k.a. Mom, hosted by me, Jinx Monsoon, and produced by Joseph Shepard. Editing and sound design by Will Pitts. Executive produced by Willem Belli, Alaska Thunderfuck, Big Dipper, and Joe Cilio. <laughs>